Amen, amen. That is a Pentecost choir anthem. All right, all right, choir. Amen. Excellent. Yes, church, today is Pentecost. It's the birthday of the church, the day when we celebrate that moment so long ago when the Holy Spirit rushed in and compelled the disciples to go out and share the gospel. And so it's a good day for us to reflect on what God might be calling us to do. It's a good day for us to consider what the world needs from the Christian church today. We'll be looking at Acts chapter 2, that first reading, which is the story of the day that the Holy Spirit rushed in for the first time. And I've titled this story, or this sermon, (laughs) The Spirit That Reminds Us. Please pray with me. May the words of my lips and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord. Send your living word to walk amongst us now, to challenge our assumptions to set our hearts ablaze, and to make us whole again. Amen. Before we really get into it, I need to begin by acknowledging that I messed up last week. Many of you have let me know that last week you came to church expecting a Mother's Day sermon. And I completely dropped the ball. Not only did I not mention Mother's Day, but as one very clever member pointed out, I went as far to mention Michael Jordan last week and not mothers. And so I'm not going to make excuses. I just want to apologize for my mistake. I've learned my lesson and I promise to make it up to you next year. Next year's Mother's Day sermon will have a laser light show, confetti, fireworks, and the cello player from the royal wedding. All right? In all seriousness, I am really sorry for this oversight. I've been torn up all week. I'm still learning how this all works, and so I thank you for your patience, and most of all, for your honesty with me. That helps make me a better pastor, too. Just know I love being your pastor, and I promise to keep working to improve on serving you in this role. And so, now, today is Pentecost, an extremely important church holiday, and so we have some important themes to discuss But I do want to begin by talking about mothers. Not just because I dropped the ball last week, but because it actually really fits. You see, it's a very common practice for mothers to make a shushing sound when a baby is upset. This is an age-old way to calm a fussy child. As you know, I've got a six-month-old baby at home myself right now, and so my wife or I will routinely be holding little Miriam, and when she cries, we'll shush her, just like that. Miriam's older brother and sister have noticed that mom and dad make this noise, and so now they make the shushing noises when Miriam's being a little too talkative. You need to know that this shushing is very different than when a librarian looks at you sternly and says, shh. Or or when the teacher says, Nate, shh. Not that that ever happened. The shushing I'm talking about is for comfort, not discipline. It's a noise that's meant to provide someone with a sense of soothing and calm. And so all of this has got me thinking, wouldn't it be great 
if simple noises like that were still enough to comfort us when we got older, right? Wouldn't it be great? You're pulling out of church this morning, or, or you're going downtown, you get on the 76, and that guy cuts you off, and you're getting all upset, and you don't know what you're going to do, and then the passenger says, shh, and it's all well. Or, or what if you, you open up your mail and you see that you got a phone bill and you look at the phone bill and it's four times more expensive than what you were expecting because someone went over their data usage for the month and you're getting all upset and then someone just comes along and says, shh, 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 and it all goes away. Or what if you, you wake up in the morning, right, and you're, you're not even really awake yet, you haven't had your coffee, and you turn on the radio and you start listening to the news and you realize that the president said what this week? But then the reporter just says, shh, 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 and it's all better. It sounds great, but it would never work. The reality is we've got big, emotional, complex problems in the world today, and a simple shush won't solve anything. When you're a baby, a comforting sound is sometimes all that it takes. But as we get older, we quickly need more than just a soothing noise to get us through our troubles. Oftentimes, the struggles of our life or the problems of our world leave us feeling worried and scared and wondering what we're supposed to do next. How are we supposed to respond? In other words, we look a lot like the disciples in the days after Jesus ascended into heaven. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Grab your pew Bibles, or if you've got your Bible with you, or you want to pull out your cell phone, use a Bible app. We're going to turn to Acts chapter 2, and we're going to begin right at verse 1 there. Acts chapter 2. This event is all taking place just a few days after Jesus has ascended into heaven. And here's what we read. When the day of Pentecost had come, the disciples were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound the crowd gathered was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Okay, we'll stop there. This moment, as I said, is taking place shortly after Jesus has left his disciples and ascended to heaven. And one of the last instructions that Jesus gave to his disciples was for them to go to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit. And so that's primarily what the disciples are doing here. But notice a few details about what the text gives us. The disciples were all together in a house while a huge Jewish festival with people from all over the world was taking place right outside their doors. You see, the disciples were locked away in a house because they were scared and confused and ultimately not sure what they were supposed to do next. All Jesus said was, wait. And so they're in this very strange emotional place. Their rabbi who had been crucified by the state, but then rose from the dead and then ascended into heaven. This incredible man that the disciples had been following around for three years now was finally gone. And I'm sure 
that in some ways the disciples were terrified. Yes, Jesus rose from the dead, but, but now what? They were locked away now in a house, confused and afraid and completely unsure of what to do next. And then the Spirit rushed in. The mighty wind came and reminded them of who they are and what they were called to do. And I believe that the disciples are just like us. We're scared and confused and not sure what to do next a lot of the time. Think with me just about what happened this last week. Documents were released that revealed that meetings were held between members of the Trump campaign and Saudi Arabia and Russia. Hundreds of Palestinian protesters were killed while others celebrated the opening of a U.S. embassy in Jerusalem. Bishops in Chile, all 31 of them, resigned in response to another sexual abuse scandal. And in Santa Fe, Texas, there was another mass shooting at a high school, the 22nd one this year. I don't know about you, but all of these events leave me feeling scared and confused and completely unsure of how I'm supposed to respond. But here's how the gospel responds when we find ourselves in these types of hopeless, painful moments. On the day of Pentecost, so long ago, when the disciples were all locked up in fear and confusion, a mighty gust of wind filled the place, and it was as if God was saying to the disciples, That's how God responds to us, too. The wind reminds us that God is present and that God will comfort us and that God has a purpose for each of us. When the news stories seem like too much, when the injustice of the world seems unbearable, when you feel hopeless and powerless against our national obsession with guns, that's when the Holy Spirit will rush in with a message of It might not seem like much, but we need to take note of what happens when the rush of the wind reminds us. We need to take note of what happens when we encounter the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit rushed into the house where the disciples were staying, it didn't instantly fix all of their problems. The disciples were still facing a brand new reality without their beloved rabbi to lead them, but the Holy Spirit... What it did to them at that very instant is it compelled them to leave their locked room and to begin joyfully sharing the story of Jesus. The Holy Spirit rushed in and it overcame the fear and confusion that the disciples were feeling. And it moved the disciples to discover their purpose. God had called these men and women to establish the Christian church. And when the Holy Spirit rushed in, it reminded the disciples that this was their God-given destiny and purpose. Now, church, here's what you need to know. I want to share a little bit of scientific research with you right now. You see, experts have discovered that the reason that a baby is soothed when you make the shushing sound is because those noises are similar to what the baby hears when they are in their mother's womb. It's a comforting and reassuring sound for the baby because the noise reminds them of those moments when they were safe and secure inside their mother. 
And so church, when we are feeling fearful and hopeless and unsure about what we can possibly do next, the Holy Spirit will rush in with a soothing but mighty shh, 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 And the Spirit will remind us of who we belong to and who we were created to be. Because God has given each of us a unique and important purpose. God has authored the days of our life long ago, and so God will most certainly send the Holy Spirit to each of us so that we will not be crippled by fear or stalled by confusion. The Holy Spirit will find each of us, and with a powerful shh, the Holy Spirit will be working to help each of us see exactly what God has called us to do. The Holy Spirit found those disciples And they were moved to discover the essential role that God had prepared for them. In the same way, the mighty shh of Pentecost has the power to remind us of how we were created to live. When the Holy Spirit gets a hold of us, there will be no confusion. We will know the work that we are being called to do. The Spirit will guide us to meet the people that we are supposed to meet, to share the stories that we need to share, to care in the ways that we are needed. The Spirit of God will not just comfort our fears, but it will compel us to act as a source of comfort and hope to others. When the Spirit gets a hold of us, we will not be confused about how to respond to the tragedies and injustice of this world. When we let the Spirit flow through us, our voices will be united and powerful as if tongues of fire are springing forth from atop our heads. The Spirit will move us to speak boldly and truthfully and powerfully about God's vision for this world. A world where caring for the poor and oppressed isn't a political issue, but it's just the norm. A world where the love of money is seen as the corrupting force that it truly is. A world where going to high school is nothing like going on active duty. That's the world God wants to see. And God has established this church to help make this world a reality. I know that it might seem daunting and scary and overwhelming, but... Our task together might feel like too much, but that's when the Holy Spirit rushes in with a shh, shh, shh. And that comforting presence of the Spirit reminds us that though it seems intimidating, this is who God has called us to be. This is who God created us to be when we were in our mother's womb. And this is who we will be Because it is what God wills. Amen.